The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. It's just always a pleasure to connect with you either in live time or in um, download walking time and whatever you're doing in your life. Thank you for uh, bringing uh, this show into your day and into your awareness, into your consciousness because of you. Um, It's a very popular show and we are extremely grateful. As you know, we feature uh, difference makers from all over the globe, uh, people that are paving their own original path and, and, and making a difference in the lives of others. So none other different today, of course, would be I have on the show and I just love her name Sparks, you know, so you just think of her name and you, you think, God, fire child, you know, like creating a fire wherever <laughs> she goes uh, with passion in her heart. So we have Sarah Sparks, who's with us today and such a pleasure. Sarah, welcome and so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Spirit nudged me to reach out and be like, hey, let's have this conversation. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, as you uh, are familiar with my work, I know, because I've been aware of you for, you know, a number of years, and, and I'm somewhat familiar of yours, and but it's always evolving, and I think that's what's so exciting. So for the purpose of our of our our listeners um and you were saying just just then you know in listening to spirit like have you always felt connected to something greater than you or um since you were little i mean did your mother say god you ought to go to the mystery school <laughs> you know what's, what's, your, what's your story oh heaven my first recollection of being connected to what I I grew up Catholic, so I would have said God for for many years, and I still say God, but I in- incorporate spirit, divine source, creator into that now. And I was about three years old as my first recollection of that. And I was in a sandbox, and a little boy threw sand into my eyes, and I just was like, "Oh my gosh, that hurts!" Like ah, you know, like that general reaction. I just remember that feeling of why did this happen. And I just remember hearing a voice outside of myself that wasn't like mom or dad saying, saying anything. And it was like, you're okay. All is well. And I was like, hmm, 
Okay. And I was born 15 years after my next oldest sister and my three older sisters are, you know, 21 to 15 years older than I am. So I had a lot of alone time <laughs> out out on the farm in the middle of Iowa and I would be swinging and I just remember having conversations with God. It would I always felt like like in Catholic mass when you would enter, you would have to kneel for a little while. And I felt like at that time, and I would kneel for as long as I could until the priest would start Mass, and it felt like to me that I was sitting in the lap of God. So when I was young, I would, I thought that the only way that I could have this relationship with God would be to become a nun. So that's what I planned on doing uh, from, from when I was young, is be Sister Sarah, um, that is not what I ended up doing, but it was always kind of in my thoughts and in my realm. And so, yeah, I've kind of always listened to spirit. I wonder, I wonder those of us that are old souls, and I certainly consider you one of them. Um, <laughs> I wonder if because religiosity is so shocking for us, I mean, you know, when you're an old soul, yeah. I mean, you're downloading like all of these multidimensional, you know, you're almost like a mm -hmm. walking, you know, parliament of the world religions. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're walking with all this ancestry and, and ancient awareness and stuff. And um, I don't think we need to kid ourselves or anybody. It, it's not really easy sometimes being an old soul because we don't really understand so much of of what is now considered current or you know today uh, all that said i wonder if we you looked at like well maybe i ought to be a nun because on a deeper deeper level the modern religiosity doesn't really fit but maybe i could grab hold of something from an ancient reality and make this work i i i know what i'm wanting to say i it's putting it in words but are you are you following yeah. what i what i'm saying it wasn't until later in life that i realized that it was more about a relationship that i had to divine and it okay. wasn't necessarily about a religion religion yes. feels very much like a man-made thing. And yeah. for me, God doesn't have a religion. Um, and so it was the relationship, and that's what I teach even now when people are wanting to connect to their divine guidance. And that's the term that Spirit had me uh, share with people is how to listen to your divine guidance. And so as, as we're sharing today and talking, it's like, whether people call it God, source, creator, spirit, the universe, um, inner wisdom, intuition, gut feeling, when you are connecting with that, ultimately you're connecting with yourself. It really has to do with the love that you have for yourself. Um, and then I also take it one step further and connecting truly with your soul. Like why did my soul come into this body? And it's funny that you say that, like, as old souls. It was one of the first things that people shared with me when I was young. Man, you're such an old soul. And literally, mm -hmm. I would look at them like they had foreheads because I, I was not ever had that 
I wasn't taught that. I wasn't. I didn't have that conversation. Obviously, growing up in the Catholic Church, uh, it, it wasn't something that we talked about. And so, when people would say to me, "Oh my gosh, your aura is so bright and amazing. Look at all these colors, and you you feel like such a pure soul, and you're the, you're this old soul. You must know so much." <laughs> I, would, I would always be like, "Sure, okay, <laughs> you know." But it was true that I. And when you're talking about, you know, it's hard to relate. Growing up as a young child, just starting school, I was such an observer. Oprah had mentioned that she's an observer. And as soon as she said that, I was like, yes, I so relate to that. When I would start school, I would hang out with the adults because I didn't understand what was the purpose of playing. I mean, now we can play and have fun in all sorts of ways. I, I get the purpose of playing, but as a child, already into the soul that had been around for thousands of years, I would be looking at children being like, why are you playing? I mean, there's there's a message to be shared. There's conversations to be had. And so I would hang around the adults. <laughs> and I think that's why my soul chose my parents and my sisters to be born into because they, you know, they were older. And so I just got, got it, you know, versus the normal mm-hmm. childhood. Um, so yeah, you know, taking it depth into depth into depth of why did this old soul come into this body? And when I connect to that, that is my why. That is why, that is the place that I speak from. That is the place that I come from. And there's so much more understanding than just a religion or just um, an indoctrination that we've been taught. Absolutely. And of course, as we always say here, you know, featured on Unity Online Radio, there's a, a huge difference in life between religiosity, which is human made, and, and spiritual, spirituality is more inward based. There's such a huge difference. Were you exposed to any kind of um, like magazines or organizations or spiritual communities along the way that you went, oh, there, I know for me, mm-hmm. when I was in those conversations that you're talking about when I was little, mm-hmm. it it was, it was okay processing all of it by myself at times and thinking, ooh, I feel a little different than other people. It sure was nice when I resonated with other languages in spiritual community. Did you have any experience like that? That was like, oh, okay, well, this sure is helpful. You know, or I'm connecting here. Oh, for sure. Uh, First Unity and and St. Pete, where where you're reverend. I mean, it was it was there when after I left Iowa and moved to St. Pete to start my new life with my husband, I began to wake up. And I love Unity's principles of, like, it's you're not teaching um, what to think, but how to think and how to look at things in a different way. It was the language that was being used on a weekly basis and the messages being shared that I finally felt at home. And then I realized that it was my body that is the home of my soul, and my soul was feeling at home in its surroundings. So, Mm -hmm. yes, for sure, unity had a huge impact in my reawakening. And... You know, a lot of times um, 
or it, let me say in my experience, um, in my windows that we call life, and I, I was one of those, and I, I don't know how this sits with you or not, but I know in the early throes of getting so involved in, you know, shamanic teachings and things like that, which was not new to me. I was into the practice as a new way of practice. And obviously a lot of work needed to be done inside myself to move from broken to there's no such thing, you know, all of that. Um, but I know that I, uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember I'd kind of learned like the, uh, you know, the way of my father, if you will, and the, you make it happen. There's a ladder. We don't even know where the ladder's located. Don't even know if it's in the United States, but it's a ladder. It's called success. And you're supposed to be climbing it, you know, somehow. And if there's something you want, then you need to go out and you need to make it happen. And I remember my shaman teacher, if you will, for just storytelling, almost made the mistake of telling me that if I were a true shaman, then I would have a shaman song. And that, you know, that was like, well, when's my song going to happen? <laughs> well, I didn't get a song, you know, and, and where is that song? I know I am one. Where's my song? You know, kind of thing. Like, where's my star? You know, like we give our little, little girls at the calendar, you yeah. get the star for the week. You were, you did this, you did that, you did that. My point is, is that when I let go, then my song came when I surrendered mm -hmm. to more of an innate way of being inside myself. Um, did you, did you set out to be this intuitive healer life coach person or was it organic? I, I ask these kind of questions because our audience consists of people that are wanting to be like you or me, not as persons, but in their field whether yeah. they're authors or teachers. So to me, in your storytelling of how you went from over here to like now you're serving clients all over and teaching people to truly believe in who they are. Did you set out that way? Or is there a, is there a, a step process that occurred with you? Oh, for sure. I wasn't always this way. So yes, I always was able to tap in. And I knew that I was able to connect mm -hmm. with divine, mm -hmm. with God, but I didn't always do that. And what I realized is that when I am not connected, when I feel like I'm the one that needs to be in control all the time, that I'm not trusting myself, that I'm not loving on myself, that is when I am disconnected from divine. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I disconnect from that outlet, that connection is when depression starts setting in. Really feeling lost, tired, worn out. I was working for a local government um, and nothing seemed to be going right. I was going to be heading towards getting my master's. I had, um, like what you would say, I lived in a utopian <laughs> community and I love the community that I used to live in. I had the best neighbors. And by 25, 26 
my ex-husband now uh, and I owned a home. We had the cars that I wanted. Um, we had the job. I mean, I was married. Um, I had the body. Everything from the outside looking in looked like mm, that's what I want. But from mm-hmm. the inside looking out, I was planning my own death. And it wasn't until a young girl by the age of 16 came into my life three different times in one week, um, all through, like, I was at a hair salon, I was at the tanning salon, and I was, and then she was our waitress at a pizza hut in DeWitt, Iowa. She came into my life and, you know, just, just, just in it, just, just visited it, just saw her. It wasn't like we had some groundbreaking <laughs> conversations. But it's those things that I was paying attention to, and when things started happening in three. Was she the same three, person? Was she a real yeah, physical she person was the same. in yeah, real life? Real, she came. Yep, real same person, like young the same teenage, person, like three times girl. in one week. Yeah, that that yep. would do it. Other than a two by four hitting you on top of the head, right? <laughs> so you just and I was like, what her? is up? Yeah, I was like, what is up with this? What is up with this girl? Like, why does she keep showing up in my life? And then, um, like, a few days after I saw her uh, as a waitress at, at the Pizza Hut, uh, it was in uh, the newspaper that her write-up was, all her successes, her photo. I was like, all right, what is going on with this woman? <laughs> like, something, why does she keep showing up? And I hadn't noticed what section I was in the newspaper and it was the obituary because she had taken her life between Sunday and Wednesday from when I saw her at the Pizza Hut to when she was at the in the newspaper oh and it God. hit me because wow. that's what I was planning to do um I was planning to take my life the next week and all of a sudden this message this voice that I hadn't heard for years says to me Sarah you're meant for more and so I just, I had to follow that. And I didn't know exactly the how. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to be a nun. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about life coaches. I didn't have one at the time. I just knew that I was meant for more. And I wasn't quite sure what, what that meant. But I stayed curious. I stayed curious with this connection. So, yeah, I it wasn't always sunshine and roses. <laughs> Wow, what a uh, what a story and what a what a sacred story to be blogging about or teaching about, you know, even today, especially now with the second leading cause of death in young people being suicide. That's huge. Oh my gosh, what that's an amazing story. Absolutely a, an amazing story. You know, it's interesting. Um I've been dusting off some of my um, study books and stuff as an energy healer. And it's interesting when the first chakra is blocked, even though you and I know on a higher dimension, there's no, we say blocked, but it's not really. It's like a, like when you have a kink in a garden hose. But one of the things with a blocked um, chakra, first chakra grounded, you know, being connected with the earth, downloading spirit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of the products of that, if you will, or one of the defaults of that is depression and anxiety. And it's very interesting, especially through this period that we have been in 
so long and a lot of people up till now not going outdoors and grounding in that nature we have a lot more anxiety and a lot more depression and it mm-hmm. is pretty interesting and like you're saying that that opening came from when you went whoa you regrounded with your your essence of who you are that, that's a powerful message right there yeah and I feel like we all have that message. We all have those nudges. We all have those inclinations. We all have uh, those little whispers. Sometimes they come in forms of conversations. Sometimes they come in form of accidents or dis-ease or whatever. But whenever I, I choose to have them come in conversations or, or interactions, the most easiest way possible <laughs> is, is the way that I like to have those nudges come. And um, that's what happened. And that's what continues to happen. Um, and when they happen in threes for me, I follow them. And it's following those little breadcrumbs, those little nudges, one after another. And I feel like we all receive them. Are we, are we grounded in our truth? Are we grounded in who we are? You know, last year, come March 17th, 2020, Spirit says to me, a lot's going to happen you need to create an e-course on how to listen to your divine guidance. People need to know that they need to plug into their source, whatever they call it, they need to be plugged into that because if they try to plug into the economy, leaders, illness, um, the chaos, the drama, whatever they're going to try, try to plug themselves into, they're going to spiral out of control. Have them connect to their divine. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so in one day, I created it. <laughs> of course, you know, like when, when, when those did. downloads come, they just come, you know, so. That's powerful. And is that, we're on uh, Sarah's website, everyone. It's Sarah with an H at the end, Sarah Sparks dot love. And is your course on there I believe it's at one of like one of the pages it's like work with Sarah um, okay there's a page look. So. yeah I believe it is it yeah. could be all the way down at the bottom there probably needs to be re- re- some retooling or there's ways um, to to work with me one on one or all the yeah yeah you've got it on there very good very good very good right. yes <laughs> um, but that's interesting how you got that you know, right up front during that, during that time. Yeah. And, and it so relates to what you're saying with being grounded in, in divine and grounded in the earth, grounded in your truth, grounded in love. I mean, there has to be some of the, I mean, do you teach this? Do you share this as well? Like having a foundation through which someone can turn back to and rely on is so essential. Do you, do you also share that and teach that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, to me, my best teaching in my lifetime, and um, if you haven't heard the rumor already, maybe you will. I'm coming up on 30 years. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. I don't, All I don't know wisdom. which one's more it. important. Coming up on 30 years as a spiritual leader or coming up on 34 years as, as being sober, you know, I'm sure they're, they, they walk hand in hand in there somehow. But my 
what I consider my best teaching is when someone has is telling me what they have learned. That's that's that that rich, beautiful space that you're alluding to. Uh, it's within everyone. If there's a way to just show them a window or a way to clean their window or whatever, that's what it's really, you know, all about. I I don't aside from you know tribal coming together. I I'm not I'm I don't teach too much about dependability or you know those kind of things because I I think that like you're saying I think that fire is <clears throat> ignited within all people. Um, and people have that uh, capacity. One of the things I'm I'm curious about is um, when you first, and I, I know this because with a, a lot of people I have worked with through the years, did you find it um, like interesting at first when you first stepped out there and said, my name is Sarah Sparks, you know, and this is what I do? Did you have any kind of energy around doing that? Or did you just step right on into it and never look back? (laughs) Oh, heavens, it took years. (laughs) There were so many limiting beliefs that I I felt like I needed to to, to work through. But my core limiting beliefs that used to stop me is that I wasn't completely accepted. And so I sought Mm -hmm. for years to have... Mm -hmm. To, to be accepted by others, but it was really me accepting myself for the spiritual being and the soul that I am. Having that belief really stopped me in so many areas. I was so afraid to show up as this intuitive coach and as the, this, lead, this lead with your soul kind of per- person. I was so afraid. Um, but what there are three questions that really helped helped me, and I, I would love to share them. Like, like help me to like get out of those thoughts and really be like, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to become who I'm meant to be. Um, and those three questions, and I'm hoping that those so who are listening it, can I, also ask them. If I may, what I think would be great if you could, if you could ask the questions, yeah. and then in you know 45 seconds or so, we're going to break and then elaborate. Oh, yeah you know, when we come back. Okay. Yeah, sure. So the third, the three questions is, are you done suffering? One second question is, are you dedicated to living? And number three is what is the outlet that will ignite your soul to be connected to divine? I love it. I love it. Are you done suffering? Are you committed to are your you, life? And what was the third one? What is the outlet that you need to plug into to ignite your soul to be connected to divine. Wow, that's powerful. Well, we're talking to Sarah Sparks. You can go to her website, sarahsparks.com. I'm Temple Hayes. You can obviously follow me at templehayes.com or firstunity.org and find out all the various activities that we are involved with and that we are participating in. It's always a pleasure to have you, and I'm sure you're getting a lot from the show today. I know I am. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being intentional. I tell you, you know, we've had lots of opportunities over the last few months to really check our principles and to do muscle testing on ourselves and say, where are you now? I'm proud and happy to say that I have kept my esteem up and I'm I have held just the greatest grace for this world and myself and the people I love. And I just, uh, you know, I, I just feel like there's times that as leaders, it could be leaders as a parent, it could be leaders of a radio show. It could be leaders of teaching that I think there's certain times that we're called to, to grow bigger. And by that, I mean, energetically, not with our egos, but I think it's important that some people know that, we're the ones that they can count on, that we have this radical, positive way of, of knowing that underneath, you know, what is out picturing is only going to be better. And I, I really believe that. And today I'm talking with Sarah Sparks. Love that name. And I know she, she creates the sparks. I've, I've said that about her for many years. SarahSparks.love. You can go to her website you can stay in touch. You can find out the various things that she does. And, you know, you'll be tickled to know she does all this. And if she's if she's over 30, it's not by much. <laughs> <laughs> I will be 40 in August. <laughs> but, but, but like we say, she's an old soul. So numbers don't don't really count. Well, whatever you're doing and and whatever moisturizer you're using, my dear, because just keep on, keep on, keep on doing it. But um, let's um, let's start off again because I I think that um, I know you have little girls. I I have a little girl who's now five. Um, mm-hmm. I know that one of the things that that I love and it I heard it somewhere. I would give the person credit if I remembered where I heard it. But it's like children are born as a great big question mark. And once they get out of educational systems, um, they become a period. You know, I, I can't be a doctor mm-hmm. because period. I, I thought I wanted to play football, but now I'm told that I don't, I'm not smart enough, period. And I think that the value in what I've studied and what I've learned and what I've learned about myself, the value of life is not that you have the answer so much, is that you are able to ask questions. So <laughs> before we went to our little time out there, you had some questions that you asked us. I'd like to revisit those and, and then have you elaborate uh, just because different words mean different things to different people. So. Please take us through that journey and give us examples or tell us about some of your clients without naming them of things you've discovered in this process, okay? Yes, for sure. So these are questions just as you're sharing. So there are, I'm just going to share with with people. They can always go find a free document that is on the website, and it's a free chart all about how to listen to your divine guidance. And those five steps to listen to your divine guidance is allow ask, receive, trust, and act. And so it, just as you're saying about with, with the children, with connections, it's so important to stay in those questions and in that ask. And so Spirit shared with me 
I need you to ask people these two questions. Are they done suffering? Are you dedicated to living? And the third question actually came about this, just, this, just this weekend. My husband and I were talking about depression, and he's like, if there's a way for people to get out of depression, what would that be, Sarah? And I said, well, it's about their connection to their own divine, connection to their soul, connecting to, and connecting to that outlet. And I said, well, let's go back to what, like, let's form a question because spirit loves to, to provide the answer if it's the right question, you know, and, and we have to be the, 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 the grand things happen in, in that question and in the details and that sort of thing. So um, I was like, okay, so what is that question that we need to ask? And it was like, what is the outlet that we plug ourselves into to ignite our soul to that connection. And so it all depends on the individual. So then I'm able to ask, so the, the are you done suffering? Suffering happens a lot of the time in our mind. It's where it starts. And I'm sure those who are listening have probably heard this over and over and have got a doctorate in, 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 in their limiting beliefs and, and all the things in the mind and the ego and that sort of thing. But really, like, are you truly done suffering? Are you done revisiting the past? And over and over and over, Spirit has shared with me, one cannot bring the past with them into the present expecting to change the future when you continually are looking backwards. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm vibrationally speaking, you can't really change anything about the past. You can only change the here and now. And so I'm like, okay, if we're continually looking in the past, which that's what I do in the very first part of, of working with somebody, is let's identify that, that limiting belief. Let's, let's have an awareness of it. And then... Let's move forward. Let's work with that subconscious. Let's work with the ego, not, 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 not condemn it, not demean it, but work with it to love on it and have it support. And so we're done suffering. At some point within those I work with, and even in myself, you get to that point that you're like, heck, yes, I am just done. I am done revisiting this. I am done overanalyzing when I was seven and this happened. Like, some point we have to move on and I am just done suffering. And then the next question is, am I dedicated to living? Honestly, I, how I revisit questions is I go into each word. Am I? What does that even mean? Dedicated. What does that mean to me? What, if, if I'm truly dedicated to something, what is that? And then to living. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Let's dive into the definition of that. And we don't need to have that discussion now, but that's what I would do. And that's what I would advise people who are listening. Like, take each word and be curious about it. What does that mean for you? And then the outlet. I mean, honestly, I would just ask spirit, ask divine, ask your divine guidance. What is that outlet that I need to plug myself into? Um, and and I was I was chatting with a client yesterday. She's just like, I just feel like I can't connect divine, can't connect to divine. Like, what is it? And I was like, well, let's ask. Like, what is that outlet? And all of a sudden, spirit says to me, home improvement. And she's like, oh, I'm buying a house. 
Like, that makes total sense. And I, I'm like, it doesn't have to be this, like, let's redo the entire house. Maybe it is repainting a patio set, or maybe it is, you know, repainting a wall or retooling a door, but you're getting into, you're plugging into this outlet outside of yourself to get your mind out of, out of the way, to get that suffering out of the way, so then you can just go about and get into that, that flow and that connection. Does that make sense? Am I making myself clear? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, is there anything else that I need to expand on them or any other things that you would think mm, listeners would need to know this? No, I, I think that's... Um... I think that's excellent. In working with some of your clients intuitively, and you just made a reference to that as well, um, what would you say that you enjoy the most about the work that you do? <laughs> I get such um, an energetic high, you can say, when I am connecting to divine and channeling. It is my jam. And that is what took me forever to finally accept about myself. I didn't even want to say the word channeling. I thought that that was just, I'm like, I'm not some, you know, psychic reader from the circus looking into a globe. Like that's, that that was my assumption. That was my limiting (laughs) thoughts on it. And I was so ashamed of being able to channel, but that's literally what lights me up. So that, I love that aspect of it, but I also love seeing someone get it. Seeing someone be able to connect to their own divine guidance, because yes, I can channel and yes, I can guide you. But for someone to have their own connection oh, is just pure bliss. Mm. That's so cool. Where Where do you see Sarah Sparks in the next few years to come? Is this the kind of work that you'll as much as one can tell, you continue to dedicate your life to. Do you uh, do you have any other? Not that this isn't enough, but do you have any other aspirations that you're you have your sights mm-hmm. on? That is something that I feel it gets very. I I get a very overwhelmed feeling when I think about years from now. So Mm -hmm. I take it one day at a time, one step at a time. But I do know, like, what Spirit has shared with me is there's this level up becoming that that we are stepping into and teaching more of the vibration of. So those who finally understand and are leading with their soul and listening to their divine guidance, then there is a becoming of them. It's the beingness. So so often um, we're taught the be, do, have of, of, of life, but the having, we focus on, I need to have this car. I need to have this like $3,000 a month or week or whatever. But then, and then we work backwards and be like, oh, but we need to do X, Y, and Z to have, to have this. But the beingness is, 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 is not really taught <laughs> and, and who you are becoming along the way to the have. And so that's, where the work is headed um, but I always know that I like my the reason why my soul came into this body is to teach people to lead with their soul all while listening to their divine guidance so I know that that is going to be an aspect of my teachings to come um, for sure and there's there's a book 
there's another book. I, I have one book out already called um, Hateful to Grateful, but there's another book that's that's in the works, and I have it audio recorded, not just having to be transcribed. So, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, let, let's talk about your book. Uh, when did that come out? Oh, heavens. <laughs> oh, let's see here. I think uh, 2016. 2017 maybe i can't even remember now it's been it's been so long or it feels like a while anyways um but it, but yeah it, that that's the kind of yeah. it's like my book when did you die or how to speak unity you know it it's not like it has a launch and then it has shelf life i mean that book hateful to grateful um can apply anytime anywhere and with you know energy yeah. of intensity and 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 people giving up the illusion of control and things like that. I think that would be very poignant now. How did mm-hmm. um, the book Hateful to Grateful come about? I'm very curious about that. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, shockingly, I know no one's going to be shocked now, but Spirit told me to write it. So, uh, oh, it yeah, that's the, a surprise. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So right. it was the coolest thing. I believe it was 2011, the very beginning. So it's like you're going to come across three different people. One's going to teach you about spirituality. One's going to teach you about business. And one, one's going to um, teach you to be an author. And they're all going to come into your life. You'll be doing some work with them and for them. And they'll, they'll teach you these ways. And one of them um, was an author coach that I ended up being a personal assistant for. And I just learned so much from her. And then mm, a few months after I started working for her, Spirit's like, I need you to write this book. It's called Hateful to Grateful. And of course, you know, I, <laughs> I, I had some resistance around it because I had to write things and share things about my life that I wasn't affluent with at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't accustomed to sharing so vulnerably. Uh, but now I share it quite frequently, and I use those books in different talks, and even the, the, the talk about Hannah, the young 16-year-old girl, is in there um, because I really feel not that I, um, I, I want to keep pointing out any sort of depression or, or attempts of suicide or anything like that because that's not part of my work, but it's also a part of me. And so for people to know that we go through these ups and downs and it's not just about, you know, me sitting in a corner in a cross-legged position and elevating, you know, <laughs> like it's, there's, there's still life uh, that we have to go through and experience. So the book is there to be relatable, uh, to show vulnerability and to share with people that there is a way to, to get from that, that hateful, that disconnected state to one that you're living in gratitude. That's very powerful. Very, very powerful. <laughs> and I, it, it, it's so interesting that, that people, it, it appears that sometimes people feel that hate will actually have a payoff. <laughs> Yeah, it it never does, and um, I am grateful for <laughs> grateful. I'm grateful for those those moments in my life because it taught me what I didn't want. And I, if there's one thing that I learned in in Florida while officiating weddings on the beach, is that love always wins. 
and love is love. And it was, that's, that's what I connect to. That's what I want to live by. That's what I want to share. I'm I'm happy for you. So you didn't have any of the couples that were in their 60s that their children were mad about who they were marrying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm sure that there were some some drama every now and then. I got a few of those and I'm like, are you kidding me? Did they pick who you were marrying when, you know, they were 20? (laughs) Then what are you thinking? And I, I would... I would um, I would meet with the couple. They'd be in their 60s or 70s or whatever. And, you know, in Florida, that's still really, really young. But I'd, I'd meet yeah. with them and I'd say, I'm going to shock your children. You're not going to do it. So I'm going to do it because I can. And I would I would bring these 40, you know, 50 plus year olds that were acting eight and I or less than and I would say, you know, it takes a whole village for people to be married and I'm asking you to make a vow. <laughs> yeah. To stand behind these people. You know, it mm-hmm. would be a trip. But anyway, I just anyway <laughs> I digressed a minute just because I can and I needed to have yeah. a good laugh, obviously. But um, Oh, well, and when you're talking about the vows, it makes me think there's part of the Becoming program that I, I share and I, I, I guide people through. The first part of that is what are the vows that you are going to share with yourself so that you are dedicating to truly living? So it's like you're you are vowing to marry yourself basically. And those have really helped me because, because I live what I teach. I have to, I, it, it's just part of who I am. And so when I wrote my own vows to myself, it, it, it um, helped clarify then or maybe even put markers in my life. Okay. This is what I'm going to be proud of myself for. And this is what I'm going to follow. And and these are my guidelines versus before, you know, I'm a spiritual person. So I kind of like to just go with the flow or you know, go, go on a whim. But having these vows that I'm going to commit to myself to truly living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like in, in your book, um, When Did You Die? I feel like that's part of that is like recommitting to truly living, right? Yeah, I find that if I if I feel that I am uh, in any way incongruent, you know, um, I feel a less energy coming on, and I need to I need to go into my inner wellspring um, and quiet or or silence and have a kind of a you know a real deeper connection with with myself. I think that's the thing I've I've always aimed for, and even today, I'm I'm still real shocked. Just as early as you know, just a few days ago, I was sitting with a a group of people, and you know, coming up on 34 years sobriety, and you know, they their question was, uh, "Will you be offended if we have a glass of wine?" And I said, "I would be offended if you didn't, <laughs> just because that's my path." doesn't mean that it needs to inconvenience you in any way, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that Mm -hmm. when we're congruent with whatever the choices are that we've made and we're, we have made a vow to that in whatever way, like you're saying, 
Um, it doesn't, it's not about having a club. It's not about, like you said, it's past needing to be accepted or, you know, people liking you. Mine, what yours was, um, I don't know exactly the words you use, but, you know, fitting in or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and mine was uh, needing to belong. And mm-hmm. I wasn't aware really to what depth at times I carried that. But, you know, when you start out in the Bible Belt outside of Greenville, South Carolina, and you're different sexually and spiritually and every other way, well, that would maybe do it, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> just just maybe. But, you know, there would be this sense of belonging. And I, I would carry that with me even through the years of either wanting to partner on the speaking circuit or it could be as subtle as uh, wanting to fit in an organization and want to help and want to be there. And, but it would hit that hole. You, you know what I mean? It would hit it. I wasn't really aware, but it would affect me. It wouldn't feel congruent for me. Um, and one day it was just like, I had the biggest belly laugh and I went, what am I thinking? I would, I, I will never belong. You know what I'm talking about? Like you have almost like a, a spiritual baptism. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll never belong. What, why would I even think about that? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how boring I'm not a belonger. I'm a, I'm a, I shape new roads. You know, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. And that was a huge congruent, uh, thing of realization for me. Um, that changed everything. It's funny mm-hmm. how our emotional body wants to take us in a very different directions at times. For sure. Yes, I love that because if you tried to belong all the time, then you wouldn't be the difference maker that you are. And you probably wouldn't right. have impacted as many lives as you have. And so... Yeah, and if I just tried to be accepted all the time, same goes for me. I wouldn't be sharing about listening to divine guidance. I wouldn't be comfortable in my own skin. I I wouldn't have the confidence and trust in myself that I did because I'd be continually looking outside of myself for that acceptance, that love, that appreciation. Well, you know, one of the things, um, I don't think I've ever said this to you because we've been on our own journeys for a number of years, but... Um, one of the, when I thought, wow, I've got to keep an eye on what she's up to. I was after you had your first child and you wrote a heart share on social media and it was the best, like the best ever. It was like raw. It was like, I don't want to use the word authentic. That word's just so used. It's just like, uh, one more word about authentic. You know, (laughs) I mean, I think it's a beautiful word, but when things become trends, you know, people just beat them to death. But that was one of the most raw writings of someone expressing how it really, really, really is. And I thought, wow. We are craving more people like you in the world to talk about how it really, really is. Because 
it's like there's this etiquette, this thing of, you know, like when I um, want to just vent about, you know, after leaving my family, like, and now my mom is here. And, and I have energy around that. In whatever way I do, I don't really want somebody to say, well, you're so fortunate to have her. I know that. <laughs> That's not relative <laughs> to what I'm expressing. And I love that you just, oh, that was so huge. I believe you changed a lot of lives that day. I really do. That was, and it was, it was more than, oh, well, you need to know what it's like really to be a mom. It was about no deeper than that. You need to know what it's really like to be your own person and speak how you see something that I, you know, I applaud you. That was powerful. I hope you kept that. And we'll continue to print it another time or two because, whoa, that made traffic stop as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I've got tears in my eyes. I know you can't see that, but um, I do. And that's how I choose to live now when I write a message, when I wrote my email sequence, uh, you know, like with all of our in this in this realm that we work, we have to have freebies, and so my freebie has a has an email sequence with it. And the emails I continually wrote until they sounded like me. What is the real me? What am I really trying to say here? Um, what is the truth that needs to come out? Not not my truth, not their truth, but what is the truth? And what what not? And I don't even have to ask like, what do people need to hear? It's just. What is, it, what is it that I'm really trying to say? And soul, what is it that you want to share? And so that's, that's where I, I work from. And it, it goes back to spirit saying to me that you're meant for more. And, and it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's okay to be vulnerable. And indeed, you're meant for more. It's been a pleasure having you today. Um, God bless you on this amazing journey, um, Sarah Sparks. Thank you, Reverend Temple. All right. Much love. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.